Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And today we're continuing our series on Know Your Enemy, Demons. And last week we talked about Satan, and next week we're talking about hell. So I, as I was thinking about this, Dad, I thought to myself, and we call ourselves Hope for the Hurting. <laughs> but yet we're talking about demons and Satan and hell. And I thought, how does that jive with our mission statement? Because we, you and I, before we even started this podcast, said, what is our mission? You need to have a mission statement. And our mission is to, to provide hope and help to people who are lost and they're lonely and they're hurting and they're in despair because of what they see happening in the world around us. And so basically we can give you hopium all day long. We can, you know, sell you, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns and all kinds of fun, happy things, but we want to equip you to fight back. And that's where true hope comes from. True. That's where true empowerment comes from yeah. is knowing who your enemy is. So you can call him out to his face and then take back your power through Jesus, yeah. through the Holy yeah. spirit. That's absolutely the case. I mean, it's hard to fight a war if you don't know your enemy. Right. And that, that will give you hope mm -hmm. to know your enemy gives you hope right. because now I know what I'm fighting and I know who I'm fighting and I know why I'm fighting. Absolutely. 100%. And we can, we can pretend it's not happening, but the evil that is stirring around us everywhere we look is right in our faces. He's not, Satan's not even trying to hide anymore. So rather than, you know, burying our head in the sand, let's call out the elephant in the room and then let's equip ourselves with tools to take him on in the spiritual realm. Yeah. So that's what tough. we want. That's how we bring you hope and encouragement is we call it out. We break it down and then we equip you on how to fight back. And we basically do that um, primarily through prayer and through staying in God's word, staying grounded and close to Jesus through, through the word of God. Heavenly Father, we come before you now. And there's just so much heaviness in this world, but we do want this podcast to glorify you. We want to lift up and encourage every single person that chose to tune into this broadcast. We want them to feel equipped and empowered and emboldened to take back the ground that Satan has stolen, to fight against the fear and anxiety and stress that he's causing them, and to claim that they are a child of the king and that they are calling him out to his face. They know him, they know his tactics, and they also know that they are more than a conqueror through you, through your Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit that lives within them if they call you their Lord and Savior. And so we give this podcast to you. We pray against any demonic attacks right now that mm -hmm. might come against me or my dad. Um, give us the words through the Holy Spirit to know what to say, and we rebuke Satan. We rebuke any of his um, demonic spirits that might try to come against us. And we pray against them through the name and the power and the blood of Jesus. And Jesus is the name above all names. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. We just give this broadcast to you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Man, dad, I, I was feeling attacked while I was praying. Mm. I was starting to shake. Well, it's a heavy duty topic. It is. We're, we're calling them out. And you know, you know, you're over the target when you start to feel attacked, when you talk about things. And I learned this little tip from mom, and then I will stop talking and I will turn it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but she said, when someone comes at you, when you try to tell someone truth and they come at you, and, and a lot of times when you're over the mark, they come at you very viciously and just look them straight in the eye and say, I reject that. That's it. Just drop it. Don't allow it to penetrate you. Don't, don't take it on. Say, I reject that. It yeah. stops right there. It falls flat. Anyways, I will turn it over to you as we dive into know your enemy demons and how do they operate and how do we take back the ground that they're trying to steal from us? Wow. Yeah, like, like you said, this is a heavy duty topic, uh, but let's kind of introduce it and then we'll work our way into it. And then we'll talk about some very salient, relevant points on dealing with demons mm -hmm. and specifically uh, demonization or demon possession. Yes. We'll talk about that because that's that's a controversial area, but it's also something that we can't ignore. It, it is a reality. Mm -hmm. Well, every army is composed of troops. Every army has their troops geared. Uh, uh, they fall into ranks and they come under the leadership of officers. And so it is in the spiritual realm. Uh, there is an army of angels. Uh, angels are, are in ranks and there are angel officers over them. Uh, we know some of the archangels by name, Gabriel mm -hmm. and Michael. We know those two for sure from the Bible. Uh, but there's also an army of unclean spirits or demons uh, because Satan was an angel. He's been trained. He knows how to do ranks and how to have officers. And he's got demonic officers mm -hmm. over the ranks of demons. Mm -hmm. And they are under his command. He is the commander in chief of the demonic army. And uh, he is the one who is uh, kind of setting the agenda for what they will do. They take their orders from him. We want to know who those demons are that compose his army. Where do they come from? And what kind of power do they have to oppose Christians? So let's start, first of all, with the existence of demons. And I think the definition for demon or daimon in Greek means a knowing one. Hmm. one who knows, and that's what demons do. They've been assigned to Christians, Christian families. Mm -hmm. They watch us, and they know us. Mm -hmm. They are knowing ones. Um, that's how yeah, they know I, how to get at us, too, because they've been watching and studying us, and so they know where our weak points are, and that's what yeah. they zero in on. All our lives. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They don't die. Humans die. We die. One generation comes up. That demon who's been assigned to that family tempts in exactly the same way oh. he did in the previous generation. Yeah. And that next generation falls for it. And then they die off. Generational and he tempts sins. the next generation. Mm. And they fall for it. And yeah, on makes, and on and on it goes. That makes so much sense. Because they don't die. We die, but I they don't. I never thought of that before. You're right. Well, angels are created with a free will. And when they chose not to follow God or not to obey him, at least some of them did, they fell under Satan's leadership. Mm -hmm. And some of those angels that rebelled were cast out of heaven to the earth. And these fallen angels or unclean spirits are called demons. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, Satan has them organized into ranks. They bear all the characteristics of angels, which makes sense since they were fallen angels, mm -hmm. but they're evil, and they obey Satan, not yep. God. Uh, scripture declares that at some point in history prior to 
the flood of Noah's day, mm -hmm. fallen angels committed gross immorality and they were imprisoned in the pit. What, what, what does this mean? What is gross immorality? What is that? Mm -hmm. Well, many people believe, many of the conservative theologians who write on this believe that the gross immorality was sexual intercourse that occurred between demons or fallen angels and human women mm -hmm. and produced a race of giants called the Anakim. Okay. Or the Rephaim. Those are specific types of giant human beings. Uh, and Goliath was one of them. Really? Goliath was nine foot nine and he was a one of Demon's the bond. one of the ants. He was one of the Anakim who came from that lineage of fallen angels uh, with women. So, I mean, we could have an entire podcast on this because there are so many questions I have here. But that those offspring, they've continued to produce. They didn't just disappear. Yeah, well, that that is debatable because when you get into things like the commands to completely wipe out mm -hmm whole tribes and whole nations mm. that God gave. Mm -hmm. That was part of the command. Because destroy all the Anakim, destroy all the Rephaim. That makes so much sense because when you read the scripture and you don't understand this concept that the, that they're, um, that humans and demons have conceived together, you look at the Bible and you go, how could God be so cruel as to wipe out an entire nation, an entire people group? Because they've been infected with demon blood, with demon yeah. sperm. They're, they're demonized. Yep. Yeah. They're demonized. Well, demons attempt to thwart God's plan on earth. They do Satan's bidding. They aren't omniscient. Uh, they may also serve, but they can serve God's purposes. God uses them like pawns. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they possess and can possess people. They can inflict diseases. They can spread false doctrine among men and, did, and spread lies. Did that gross immorality, did that happen before or after the flood? That happened just prior to the flood. That's mm. one of the reasons why God flooded the earth. Mm. Okay, that makes because sense. Because the sin had become so severe right. that he decided to cleanse the earth and start over mm -hmm. with Noah and with his family. Okay. Well, I want to move for just briefly into a very deep topic, and that is demon possession. Is demon possession possible today? Absolutely. Or has, has psychology debunked this primitive belief? And now we understand that demonized people are simply schizophrenic or dissociative identity disorder. Used to be called multiple personality disorder. Right. Now it's called dissociative identity disorder. Well, I want to read to you from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health. Mm. There's a couple of, these are not Christian people that are writing, but here's what they say concerning, concerning dissociative identity disorder. It says, under diagnostic features, there is an inability to recall important personal information, huh. the extent of which is too great to be explained by ordinary forgetfulness. Mm. The disturbance is not due to the direct psych physiological effects of a substance, or general medical condition. In children, the symptoms can't be attributed to imaginary playmates or other fantasy play. Hmm. So what they're saying is something's going on here, we can't explain it, but it doesn't 
have a medical right. reasoning. There's right. no medical reasoning. Here's another thing they say. There may be loss of memory, not only for recurrent periods of time, but also an overall loss of biographical memory for some extended period of childhood. Transitions among identities are often triggered by physio or by psychosocial stress. The time required to switch from one identity to another is usually a matter of seconds, mm. but less frequently may be gradual. The number of identities reportedly ranges from anywhere from two or more up to over a hundred. Mm. Half of reported cases include individuals having 10 or fewer identities. And one last thing before I move on, and that is under dissociative identity disorder, not otherwise specified. In other words, there's no good uh, explanation for it. It says those with trance and possession trance symptoms typically describe external spirits or entities that have entered their body and taken control. Mm -hmm. This is a secular source. Mm -hmm. These are not Christians. These are PhDs and doctors, MDs, I'm who are describing what's going on. I'm guessing they've all seen The Exorcist, though. <laughs> well, maybe so, but I mean, they're they're describing people, real life people, who are inhabited mm -hmm. by a spirit. Yeah, and I believe that's demon possession. That's what it is. Right, right. Well, these are not people who are mentally ill. These are people that are possessed by unclean spirits or mm -hmm. fallen angels or demons. Mm -hmm. Well, what is demon possession? Well, more accurately, it's called demonized. A demonized is a person in which an unclean spirit or, or demon has taken residence in the body of a human or an animal. The demon has the ability to control the mind, the thoughts, the actions of the one who is possessed. To be demonized is to be distinguished from demonic influence or attack. Demonizing occurs from within. Demonic influence or attack comes from without. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Christians who are indwelt or possessed by the Holy Spirit can never be demonized. So, so let me make that perfectly clear. Yeah. Christians can't be demonized. Right. You can be attacked and he can torment you from the outside, but he can't take up a dwelling inside. That's exactly right. They can be influenced, they can be attacked, but they can't be possessed. Mm -hmm. What happens if a demon actually possesses you? Mm -hmm. Here's some things that happen. First is sickness. The Bible never confuses sickness, either mental or physical, with demon possession. And sometimes sickness is the direct result of demonic possession. And you see that in the Bible. Mental derangement. Sometimes mental illness, just like physical illness, is caused by demon possession. Mm -hmm. In other cases, mental derangement is God's punishment. Uh, you get somebody like uh, Nebuchadnezzar right. eating grass right. like an animal yep. Yep. Uh, and, and, and living outside in his hair, mm -hmm. growing long. Another one is suicide. Mm -hmm. Demon possession can drive one to commit suicide. And that's their ultimate goal anyways, isn't it? Once they're done yep. tormenting you to just end your life so that you can never know yep. Jesus as your savior. Yep, they want to kill you. Mm -hmm. What's the extent of demon possession today? Well, in unbelievers, uh, only those not possessed by the Holy Spirit are vulnerable to being possessed. Worldwide, demon possession 
is not confined to any specific locale mm -hmm. or nation. It's worldwide in scope afflicting developing as well as developed nations, both those sophisticated and the primitive mm -hmm. tribal nations are subject to being demonized. So if I understand you correctly, it would seem as though demons are um, non-discriminatory and really can't be accused of racism. <laughs> you're right. They're equal they, opportunity abuse. They don't care. They don't care. If you're vulnerable and you open the door, they're coming in. And I'm guessing at some Please point see. you'll tell us how we open the door, how we can avoid opening the door to demonic activity. You betcha. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You and I did a 16-part series yes. on the end times. I remember well, while I was there. Demonic act. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. You were there for it. <laughs> demonic activity, including possessions, false doctrines, and warfare, increases dramatically as history gets closer and closer yeah. to the Great Tribulation. Mm -hmm. Just as it was heightened during Jesus Christ's first ministry, his first advent, when Satan battled the Son of God, so it shall be before and during the Great Tribulation as Satan's final fury is unleashed upon the earth mm -hmm. because his days are numbered. Yep. Deliverance from demon possession is both possible today and it's even expected from believers. We alone are indwelt and have the Holy Spirit of mm -hmm. God living within us. Uh, believers are the, the physical representation of Christ in the world today. Mm -hmm. Because this is spiritual conflict between the unclean spirits and the Holy Spirit, only believers are capable of waging it. They alone have the Holy Spirit. So mm -hmm. it's really up to believers if we're going to deal with the demonized. Okay. Well, what about possession? Yep. How do people become demon possessed? Yeah, that's how a really good question. Because how, how do yeah, we avoid how, even setting ourselves up for that? Even attack, influence, possession, all of it. Boy, it's so easy, Laura, to make yourself vulnerable to mm -hmm. possession. Listen to some of this, the things that I dug out on. The occult. If you flirt with the kingdom of darkness mm -hmm. and romance Satan, mm -hmm you invite possession. Flirtation mm -hmm. may include attending occult rituals like seances, levitation, mm -hmm. witch or warlock coven gatherings, uh, animal sacrifices, occult entertainment, mm -hmm. uh, board games, Ouija, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, occult video games, occult music, wow. um, occult rock and heavy metal, which is very much centered around uh, the the occult mm -hmm. and centered around uh, the satanic. Yeah, occult films or videos, occult books, occult worship, satanic worship services. Yeah, uh, in San Francisco, there's the first Church of Satan. Yep, I've noticed even just since you know the since COVID, Satan's become more and more bold. It's everywhere. You, you, you just have to open your eyes and you can see the occult in just about everything. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I mean, I think about the halftime show. Oh, that was great. At the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which was very occult oriented. Right. And the, the performer made no bones about it. Nope. He was uh, worshiping that, uh, Satan. That's, yep. That's exactly what he what he was doing. And he, like you said, he wasn't even trying to hide it. Besides the occult, there's idolatry. Mm -hmm. Worship an idol or a false god is to worship a demon. Greed, the Bible says, to love money can lead to demon possession. Yep, People yep. that have have basically uh, forsaken 
God as first place in their life and to put money there. Sexual immorality, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's fornication, which is a sin against the soul of that person and unites the spirits of those involved. Wow. Well, what about deliverance? How do you deal with somebody who's demonized? Okay. Jesus delivered demonized people by commanding the unclean spirit to come out of that person and be gone. Mm -hmm. Jesus declared in Matthew 12, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, and this makes it quite clear that the Holy Spirit is the deliverer mm -hmm. of the demonized. Mm -hmm. It's not up to you. Mm -mm. It's not up to somebody who is a professional pastor mm -hmm. or a professional priest. Mm -hmm. It is up to you and me. Mm -hmm. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Well, who can deliver them? Any believer, not just pastors or leaders mm -hmm. or clergy. Uh, anybody who is filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Well, how can the believer deliver the demonized? You pray before you go into battle. You better be in prayer and you better have your armor on. Right. And then the spirit-filled believer commands the demon to come out in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mm -hmm. And His I name has power. Absolutely. And it's the only thing that does. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in using the right words or the right language. It's not a magic. It's not magic. That's what Satan does. This is the power that comes from the knowledge of a relationship with Jesus Christ and knowing that he's equipped you because his Holy Spirit lives within you. So it's not about saying the right words in the right way at the right time. Well, you're absolutely right. Some people want to reduce it to a formula. Right. And I think in my humanness, I want to, too. Like, tell me the right words to say. And I'm learning more and more that it's not about what you say. It's about your heart relationship with Jesus and knowing that he's got the power and just his name alone and fully and completely boldly speaking it out and knowing in your mind and in your heart that that power, because you have the Holy Spirit in you, that power resides in you and you don't have to have the right words. I, I once had an experience when we were doing a particular ministry in which I was meeting with a man uh, and my prayer partner was with me. He was an older guy. His name was Jim. He was in his 80s. And here's him and me. And there was this guy who was sitting opposite me and he was a bodybuilder. He was a very bulky weightlifting guy. And I'm going through the steps to freedom in Christ with him. Mm -hmm. Step number one is about dealing with non-Christian spiritual experiences. When we got into that, this guy went into a different voice. Hmm. And he yelled back at me, we killed Jesus on the cross. Hmm. And I said, that is a lie. I command you. Uh, by the way, at that point, Jim, my prayer partner, went from praying silently to praying out very loudly and saying, Jesus, help us, help us, help us, Jesus, help us, help us, <laughs> I love help her, help her, help her. And this guy got up out of his seat and started moving towards me low. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I said, I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be seated right where you are and to gag you to silence. You can't say another word to me. Oh, wow. And he hit that chair so hard wow. that he flew backwards. Wow. And we had to help him up back into his chair. And I wow. went through with him and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of this man mm -hmm. and go to the pit. 
where mm. you belong. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he was back in his right mind again. And we went through all seven steps. Was he a believer? Because then was he possessed or was he just being attacked? No, he was, he was not a believer. Mm. And when we went through this, we wound up praying with him to receive Christ. I lost contact with him. He went in the Navy. Mm. And here we are about five years ago, I get a phone call from this guy. Wow. And he said, can I meet you at Perkins with my son? Hmm. He's got a 20 something year old son wow. and he's now a Navy chief. And we sat down and talked about that event. Wow. That's really yeah, cool. It was, it was, <laughs> That's amazing. It was, yeah. It was pretty stunning. The power of Jesus name, mm -hmm. the power of the Holy mm -hmm. spirit mm -hmm. to not only protect me mm -hmm. and protect Jim, but cause this guy to be delivered and in turn to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. It was and, an amazing. Yeah. And to those who are listening, I'm going to give you a little, a little hack here, a little spiritual self-help hack. If you're feeling oppressed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling fearful, if you're feeling stressed to where you just can't think straight, just start saying, Jesus, Jesus, help me. Jesus. It's all you have to say. It doesn't have to be some eloquent, long-winded prayer. Just say his name, cry out to him, and he will meet you right where you're at. And that is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all Jim did. Yeah. All Jim did was just help Lord, help, mm -hmm. help Irv, mm -hmm. help us. And he, he got louder. Mm -hmm. This is an old man mm -hmm. who was used to praying as a prayer partner, but praying silently. Mm-hmm. He's he screaming feel, out loud. Yes, he could feel he could feel that in his spirit that this just requires an elevated level of enthusiasm, <laughs> right? Yeah, he was. That's for sure. He's gone home to the Lord, but I'm looking forward to seeing him in heaven. Mm -hmm. Well, what about demons? Where do they go once they've been cast out, like out of this this uh, bodybuilder? They go to the abyss or the pit, and that's where you command them to go. You know, I command you to go back to the pit where you belong. Because mm -hmm. you well, have to send them somewhere, right? Yeah. Otherwise, they're liable to come back in to the same person that they had possessed. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Luke's gospel talks about it. They come back in to their house yeah. and find it all neatly swept and they bring some of their buddies. Right. So, yeah, you got to send them to the pit. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Satan and the demons, they remain on the earth with the coming of Christ and his church to establish his kingdom. Satan is thrown into the pit and he's bound there for a thousand years. And then after a thousand years, he deceives, uh, he and demons come out to deceive the nations mm -hmm. and then turn final insurrection and, and try to take on Christ. And eventually they are defeated and thrown into the lake of fire, which is their final destiny. Right. Because the lake of fire was prepared for Satan and his angels. Yeah, and with the level of deception that we are under right now and that we see all around us, I mean, it feels like we could be in that period now. I, I mean, I imagine that we're not there yet because some things still haven't happened yet, but what, what is your take on that? Well, I think there is, there is significant demonic activity going on. Mm -hmm. And we see it here in the United States. Yeah, we're a very sophisticated, technological nation. Mm -hmm. We're we're a first order nation. We're not a third world banana public. Right. Uh, we uh, when when demons 
uh, you know, when, when, when demons possess people here, uh, we they, have tend to step to up have, their, they have to step up their game. They have to step up their game. They have, well, we, we, we attach nice psychological labels mm-hmm. on it and we take drugs and all of those kinds of things. But I'm convinced a lot of the activity that's going on, especially in the far left agenda, mm-hmm. is the direct result of demon activity and demons yeah. influencing and yeah. informing and lying to mm-hmm. those human beings who are on the far left. Well, you know, Congresswoman Green, Marjorie Taylor Green, she said that there are two topics that when they're brought up in the chambers, when they're brought up in Congress, that the left, far left, she said they give out this almost guttural moan when these topics come up to a vote. And those two topics are abortion and transgenderism. Yep. And she says it's it's creepy. It's like almost like not human. And they yep. all do it collectively. Well, uh, again, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. That's diametrically opposed to God's word. It's right. diametrically opposed to the heart of God. Right. God is all about life. Right. Abortion's all about death. Right. Transgender people, they're confused. Right. They simply don't understand. God made them in the beginning, male and female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, God's word you know, is very clear and it's very simple. If there's chaos and there's confusion involved, you can get, be guaranteed that came from Satan. 100%. Well, let me wrap this up. Uh, demons are the enemies of Christians. They're part of this rebellious horde who followed Satan in his insurrection against God. And there is a hierarchy of rank with demon officers. A demon possession is a reality even today. Christians can never be demon possessed or demonized, but they can be harassed, they can be influenced, they can be attacked. But Christians have the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit to cast out demons, mm-hmm. for there is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Preach it. Preach it, Pastor Earth. You were talking about how Christ is the, he's the exact opposite of whatever Satan is, or Satan is the exact opposite. Satan's a copycat. Satan's a counterfeit. So if Christ followers believe that the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control are what we aspire to be. And these are good qualities. Satan gets his energy from the exact opposite. So fear, hatred, anger, malice, lust, all of those things. And I just connecting the dots from my own observations over the past, you know, 18 months or however long since we heard about COVID, there's been this overwhelming fear and anxiety across the world. And especially we can see it here in America. And that's when the demonic activity stepped up too, because we're feeding their energy when we give into fear. And when we give into anxiety, we're literally feeding the demonic activity. Stop with your own self. If you're feeling fearful and anxious and you call it out and you say, Jesus, Jesus, help me. Jesus, give me strength. Jesus, give me peace. You're, you're combating it. It's something as small as that. You're combating it in the spiritual world. And that's how we fight back. You fight the fear by asking Jesus to fill you with peace. You fight the hatred by refusing to give into it and choosing to love instead doing the things that feel counter-cultural to what we in our natural selves want to do. You, you want to lash out at somebody. Instead, choose to bless them, choose to love them. And that's how they lose their power. Oh, that's good. That's really good. 
it's just, it's all like the dots start to connect. I think the closer you get in your walk with Christ, the more he reveals things to you and the more your eyes begin to open and the more you connect the dots and you're like, why can't you see this? Can you see this? See how this comes together? <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, you need to try decaf maybe. <laughs> but I mean, I just feel like he's been showing me so many things and I know I'm not going to be popular for bringing this up. But going back to what you were talking about on opening the door to the occult and opening the door to, um, you know, giving Satan an invitation in your life, the Harry Potter series, it's been out for a couple decades now. I've done my research on it. You've done your research on it. The woman who wrote it, I don't know if she was a witch herself or she just studied witches, but she actually uses actual witchcraft, actual spells, actual curses in her books. And many of these books are read by Christians, are read by the children of Christian parents, and are even in Christian schools. And that bothers me. You're rolling out the welcome mat. Why are we allowing this in our homes? I bet you any number of Christian homes have that book series in their library. Yeah, our former pastor uh, used to say that Harry Potter series was putting out a welcome mat for the demonic. Yes, uh, because it you're right. It uses witchcraft terms mm-hmm. and uh, you don't get that kind of knowledge that that author uses uh, without herself having been involved. Right. I'm convinced she had a cult background mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. therefore she could write from her own experience. A lot of parents see it as just harmless, make-believe fantasy. Chronicles of Narnia. Yep. Well, very different from the Chronicles of Mm -hmm. Narnia, very different from Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is, this is using occult magic, using occult powers uh, to defeat various enemies of Mm -hmm. Harry Potter. Uh, None of that is of God. Absolutely. And 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 why Christians are tolerating it, I have no idea. Well, because it keeps their kids entertained for hours. I mean, it's like, you know, it's mind candy because their kid, I've heard parents actually say to me, well, my kid will sit and like literally read for two, three hours. One of these Harry Potter books can't wait for the next one to come out. It's like crack cocaine. Yeah. And I wonder how much demonic activity is involved in that. Right. Because if, if he's able to use the information and the material in the Harry Potter series to infiltrate these young minds. It, it just, it just smacks of the occult. It just smacks of Satan. Well, and it's grooming your children because now they're used to this terminology. It doesn't scare them anymore because they read about it in the Harry Potter books. Yep. Yep. So I would just encourage you as parents, if this is something that you have in your home, I would encourage you a get rid of it immediately and, and repent of it. I mean, God, God, we, we're all guilty of things that we've either not thought of, or we've overlooked, maybe you have a Ouija board, something else that until somebody brings it to your attention, you don't know. But now that you know, it's upon you to do something about it. Yeah. And, and I would urge you, don't just throw it away, burn it. Burn it and then burn repent it. of it. Gather your family around, burn it together, make it a family exercise, burn it together, repent of it together and commit your home and your family to Jesus. And that's how we break free from this bondage. We've laid out the welcome mat and we need to claim our families back. We need to claim our homes back. That's where it starts. If you haven't yet given your life to Jesus, man, if this podcast doesn't point you in that direction, I don't know what will because somebody 
is going to be the Lord of your life. And it's not going to be you. It's either going to be Jesus or by default, it's Satan. And we learned tonight that if you don't have Jesus as the Lord of your life, and if he's not your savior, you have a wide open playing field for Satan to come in and do what he's going to do in your life. And the way you can avoid that is by giving your life to Jesus and completely surrendering to him. And you can do that through the ABCs of salvation. It's very simple. A child can do it. A is admit you're a sinner. We all were born with a sin nature. So you admit Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm kind of making a mess of my life and I need you. And I believe, B is believe, believe that you're the Lord. You're the Lord and you're the savior. And I want you to see, come into my life, call upon his name and he will come into your life to be your Lord and savior. And dad, will you please lead us through the prayer of salvation? I would be honored. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we went over a very heavy topic tonight. Thank you for protecting Laura and me. Mm-hmm. And Father, for anyone who is struggling right now uh, with receiving Jesus Christ, know that he loves them. Mm-hmm. He wants to indwell them through his mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He wants to empower them to live a godly, righteous, holy life. So Father, I want to pray that uh, they would admit that they are sinners and just say, I've sinned, Lord. I have made a mess of my life and I am a sinner, but Jesus is a great savior and I believe in him. I believe in Jesus Christ with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. And I confess him, I call upon him. Mm -hmm. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life, make me born again, Mm -hmm. give me a fresh start. I wanna start life as your child. And I want to go to heaven and be with you forever. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And we truly pray that you, you made that step tonight, that you took that, that leap of faith and gave your life to Jesus. Because I heard um, a pastor say recently that you cannot just show up at the door in heaven. Like the time to make reservations for heaven is right now. It's right now. You you can't just show up. Like you have to get, you have to get your reservation in ahead of time. And this is how you do it by, you know, praying the prayer of salvation and, and trusting Jesus with your life, giving your life to him. And if you did make that decision, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at hopewellcounsel at gmail.com. We'll send you some materials to help you grow in your faith. And um, also you can find us on telegram. We've got a hope for the hurting telegram channel. And you can reach out to us through that as well. You can also reach out to me directly, Laura Elizabeth on Telegram. And I'd love to hear from you. And also I have um, a little group of prayer warriors that we meet Wednesday mornings and we pray. And we'd love to include you in that. If you're a prayer warrior and you'd like to, you'd like to get involved in our Zoom meeting, we'd love to include you. You can reach out to me either through Hope for the Hurting on Telegram or Laura Elizabeth on Telegram. And thank you just so much for joining us today. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Anchor.fm. Current and past episodes are also on hopewellcouncil.com. And so I leave you with two very powerful verses that I found, Dad, they think you're going to love. Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Come on. Romans 16, 20 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you.